Oh, there we go, bud. We're locked and loaded there, pal. What do you got to know about it? What's up with this Minnesota accent you're adopting? I don't, I don't know, man. I started watching this guy, and he does a shtick where he like calls people, and he's like, "Hey, bud, got some bad news for you, bud." Takes donations to break bad news. So he'll call people, and be like, "Hey, bud, this is uh, John from John Breaks Bad News, bud." Yeah, well, uh, here's the thing: Shannon cheated on you with that Mexican bloke. Yeah, sorry, bud. Hey, you know, I got nothing to do with this, bud. I'm, I'm just, a, this is, I'm just, I'm John from John Breaks Bad News. Uh, leave me a five-star review. So I don't know. Now I call everyone bud in a weird accent. It's pretty cool. Eric John Breaks Bad News, bud. I don't think I would give you five stars. <laughs> uh, anyway, <clears throat> I just ate like some spicy mac that Sarah made and uh, I'm just dripping from every orifice. That was vivid. <laughs> we still have a ton of chicken and like spaghetti and sauce so you got lots of sauce from the weekend yeah we got like a full bag of spaghetti and a full bag of sauce well hey this is uh this is the concert crusade in case you didn't know this is nick durheim i'm ej olson we went to the fucking beach this weekend we ate spaghetti we ate naked brazilian chicken did up some steaks that was pretty nice steaks were, st- steaks were okay listen the steaks were under-seasoned, IMO. I thought they were fine. I mean, the, the juiciness of the meat really shone, you know? Yeah, it, 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 it was, really it, was sang. it was It was tender. Nice fatty piece. I love a fatty piece of meat. I just, I've, I've just had a tough time uh, cooking the fatty pieces of meats with the sous vide and getting that fat to render. That's tough. Uh, it's all in the sear, bro. The sear is still crucial, you know? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree. I need a souffle torch or something. Dude. That's that's the next step. Fucking sears all on the end of a butane torch. Let's go. Use like a, use a sparkler on the 4th of July to sear a piece of meat. Make it taste like sulfur in America. This is what hell is like, and that's my heaven. Pro tip, do some sausage in your old sous vide. Yeah? Put, in some, put some beer in a bag. Oh. Put some brats in a bag. Some garlic. Some rosemary. Listen, I fuck around with some rosemary, bro. Olive oil. That's dope. That's, that's, good shit. That's, now I got this accent. I can't I can't shake it now. Can't knock it. I'm stuck <laughs> here knock it off. What are you drinking today, bud? I actually don't have any liquids on me right now. It's kind of a travesty. I've got two White Claws. You can have this one, dude. Dang. <laughs> dude. A lot of leftover White Claw from this weekend, so now I'm just drinking it like a normal-ass person. <laughs> how does a normal person drink white claw as like, opposed to how you usually drink it i don't usually drink it it was like a strictly this weekend thing i've had white claws twice in my life and both times were at the beach so yeah. didn't yeah. your uh, cousin bring them a couple years ago or something uh i don't know i first time i had them was uh at the old cottage claire and barry came out for a night and i don't know why but we bought we, we saw it and we bought it and i, I said fuck yeah but it's just too expensive, and uh, I'm not going to drink it on a normal, uh, a normal eve, you know. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Well, hot topic at the beach all weekend with the boys, all of our gamer bros slash incels. You know how we do. Uh, shout out to what was that? Quiplash. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think I took a picture of that. The answer was like gamers or incels, and we're like, that's the same answer. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> We talked about China a lot. There are a lot of China memes. 
And I have a feeling that's all we're gonna really be talking about today is China. You wanna lead with China or do you wanna like get the you wanna get the fucking PS5 out of the way before you dive in? Nah, let's just start with what you want to talk about. It's okay. Like the only thing you have feelings about. China's been weird, man. And you're gonna have to guide me through the blizzard. I mean, I've kept up with it. I read the statement, I saw the initial announcement. Uh, but as far as the rhetoric, right, and the reaction, I've been really deep in the NBA side of things. Yeah, I wanted to I actually wanted to ask you about that and how that sort of parallels the whole situation with Blizzard versus how the NBA handled it and whether or not one side did it better than the other. Well, it's different for a lot of reasons. I think first and foremost is everybody wants to hate a developer or a publisher, right? We're always looking for the next reason to be like, fuck these guys. Especially someone with like Blizzard where they've been sort of, they've fallen from grace, as it were, where people are trying to like, like you said, they're they're rooting for them to fail to, and to a certain extent. The difference being in the NBA is that, especially the last five years since Adam Silver took over as commissioner, the NBA has sort of built its public image on the all-inclusive, the very, very socially woke, right? The everyone has a voice, very progressive league, especially when you compare it to something like the NFL or something as ancient as, as the MLB. The NBA has had a lot going for it. And this has really been the first major kind of slip up and it's sort of ch- it's sort of a, a challenge the NBA's progressive persona uh, and just really 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 quick recap before we dive into the blizzard controversy you know the NBA sort of s- kicked this whole thing off I think on, an, on a really like national um, sort of mainstream level it was the Rockets GM right Daryl Morey really innocuous tweet it said stand with Hong Kong Free, uh, free Hong Kong, stand with, I stand with justice, or something along those lines, right? Free Hong Kong. Right. I guess even more context before we dive into that. Shit's going down in China right now. And I think on the outskirts of the internet, people have known that. If you're on Reddit, it's every day. If you're on the uh, popular all tab, every day there's something about China. It's been going on for a couple months now, I guess. Several months. I'm not sure when it kind of started. As you know, China, horrible fucking communist regime. Total shit show over there. China's brutal. China is ruthless. And they're very, very careful about their image and, and and that image, you know, projected out into the world. And they control everything. All media, everything is is controlled by them. You know, there are people in China who grow up not knowing anything about their their country's actual history and some of the, the crazy things that have happened in the last 50 years even. So anyway, there are people in Hong Kong in the millions of people. Two million people in the streets of Hong Kong protesting, basically saying we want democracy. And from what I remember reading about, it sort of started, it was kind of catalyzed by something like one of the Hong Kong leadership was basically putting forth a a bill or something that was saying, hey, we can just extradite whoever we want to the mainland. Right. And basically just disappearing like journalists and political activists and all that kind of stuff. So that was like... That's what started it all. And then they've sort of, each time they've kind of got a slight sort of win, they they push the goal a little bit further. And I think it's just more lately that it's like, hey, we actually want to have a, a separate government from the mainland because they've sort of lived at this uneasy kind of one country, two systems kind of weird bullshit that isn't actually real, but they've sort of been living that way since... Great Britain left in like 20 years ago or something. It's just, it's just really weird. And obviously neither of us, I don't think have been 
super well educated on the history of China and just how they've interacted with their neighbors and like tried to take over like stuff with like Tibet and stuff with Taiwan. Sure. It's always been kind of, I don't know, like people just sort of assume that, you know, or you just like kind of hear about it and you absorb it. But I haven't been able to get enough like research in to feel really comfortable having super strong opinions other than, Hey, maybe you shouldn't try and like deplatform people and censor them. And like a post game interview kind of thing. We should have led with this. This is not a geopolitical podcast. We really don't know what we're talking about. Uh, a lot of this has been sort of eye-opening for me, starting with the seeing what's happening in China with the protests and, like you said, disappearing people and protesters and some of the things they're doing to hush them up. You're seeing the Uyghur Muslim camps, you know, 1.2 million people in concentration camps marked as terrorists. Really, it's a, it's a fucking ethnic cleansing. It's a, it, it's a straight-up genocide over there. And protesters going missing, and, and you're hearing these horror stories from the camps about like organ harvesting and just like gnarly things that does not make the mainstream news. It does not fall into your Twitter timeline. And so this all started for me kind of seeing some of this and sort of, I remember just like two weeks ago being at work and being like, yo, are you guys fucking following what's happening in China? Like about, it was about the camps and the organ harvesting. I'm like, this is like some Alex Jones level shit. Like, is this real? Like... And so that's when I sort of started looking into it. It was after Daryl Morey's tweet in the NBA anyway, all hell broke loose, right? Because of the NBA's relationship with China. And as we've come to learn in, in, the, in the following weeks is how many major multi-billion dollar companies also have very deep, very strong vested interest in China. And for good reason, obviously, it's a fucking huge country and there's a lot of money there. Huge emergent market for entertainment, particularly. Right. We've seen that in the last like 10 years or so with big Hollywood movies sort of trying to get that, that chunk of Chinese cheddar as it were. Right. That sort of started off a, a, not just a NBA firestorm, but a national firestorm. It finally made the news. China threatened, you know, 10 cent, uh, which is fucking Amazon of, of China basically. Yeah. It's the largest uh, video game company in the world. Right. But they do, they do, I mean, broadcast, you know, it's everything. So like they basically said, we are cutting ties with the Houston Rockets completely, basically threatened to not do business with the NBA anymore, which has severe financial implications for, uh, for the NBA. And the NBA came out and basically said, Hey, Daryl Morey can say whatever he wants, but we super don't agree. We're really sorry, China. It's basically what it said. And the internet blew up. Everyone was was like, this is a bullshit response. You're supposed to be the, you know, fucking NBA and Nike with their bullshit, like, you know, believe in something, even if it costs everything. Just fucking bullshit ads that no one really buys. But if that's what you're going to build your brand on, be fucking consistent. Yeah, just talking out both sides of their mouth, you know. That corporate doublespeak has been very prevalent in these statements over the last couple of weeks. And this is where it's hard because like the NBA, the most powerful people in the NBA are these individuals, these players. They, they make the fucking cash train run. They're these individuals. They have, they do have their, you know, they've got their shoes in China and they're, they're this and that, but these are also educated, informed guys who have something to say. So anyway, people were all fucking pissed about this. A bunch of our guys were in China Fucking Adam Silver, the commissioner, was in China. A bunch of players were there. There were a couple of teams who were playing preseason games in China. It, it just turned into a whole shitstorm. But it, it sort of woke the nation up to sort of what's happening. And not just like, hey, relations are bad with China, but things in China are fucking gnarly. People were saying the NBA should have pulled out of China. Like, you guys have all the power. They have hundreds of millions of fans in China who have nothing to do with this totalitarian regime. You just have people trying to fucking survive and live their life. 
who the NBA is all they have or video games. It's all they have. So I understand from sort of a nuanced perspective of like the optics are that these companies and we're going to dive into Blizzard in a second, but the optics are that these guys are bowing to this regime because the money money's there and the message that's sending to China is they can do whatever the fuck they want. They control us. That's a really tough thing to be in. And I imagine for obviously fuck these billionaire CEOs and, and owners who don't give a fuck, but I know there are a lot of people who do, and it's a really tough situation. So that was a horrible recap of what's going on, but get, break me down on what's going on with Blizzard, which came right on the heels of this, of this NBA thing, which is, is that serendipity, right? Is that just coincidence? Well, I mean, from Blizzard's perspective, this could not have happened at a worse time because like you said, everyone's sort of getting their eyes open to this from the exposure from the NBA and how like that's just been one constant kerfuffle. Like each day it's something different. And then last Monday night, I believe it was, there was a, a Hearthstone esports like grand finals championship, something. Obviously, you know, I'm not very plugged into Hearthstone or esports in general, but uh, one of the, like the guy who won, uh, Blitz Chung, he had a post game interview. I believe the game was in Taiwan. So it was just him and like these two casters, and they had their little back and forth. And then Blitz Chung had on the gas mask and like ski goggles. That's very visually reminiscent of the what a lot of protesters are wearing in Hong Kong because of the facial recognition cameras they have everywhere and because of all the gas that is being thrown at them by police. So he's wearing this getup and then he said, you know, liberate Hong Kong, revolution of our times or revolution of our age, which is like the motto of that whole protest, basically. And then they shot at the commercial. Like they're like, we know this is like going to get us fucking in trouble and sure enough, like very soon afterwards, uh, Blitz Chong had all of his prize earnings revoked and he was banned from Hearthstone for 12 months. And the two casters, the interviewers, were also fired. And that obviously drew a shit ton of attention. Like, I don't know how Blizzard thought this was going to go over to like viewers in the West and how people just in America in general would like receive this. But it was very clear that they did not take that into consideration, either that or they just value their prospects of getting Chinese sponsorship and money and getting their games into China. Because like you and I have talked about, they still they just launched Call of Duty Mobile, which could be like if that gets into China, that'll be a big hit for them They're They've got that Diablo Immortal game that they announced last year that they haven't put out yet, but that's going to be like, if you're hitting the mobile market, you're trying to get Chinese money. And I mean, the Chinese money is already there. Not, not in as much as like some other companies, like, yes, there is, they have a investment from 10 cent in the tune of like 5%, but their games aren't like super duper huge specifically in China, but like they have international success with overwatch and hearthstone and games of that ilk. It's just that they're, I don't know, man. I, I doubt it. Like, I seriously, I seriously doubt that there's like someone in China who's calling up Blizzard saying, "Hey, shut this down." But it's definitely like they're wringing their hands and afraid that they're gonna be like shut off from the because Chinese says they have like rating boards. Like, they have to have games approved to be distributed within their country. And maybe they just maybe it's because of the NBA stuff. They saw that like, hey, Houston Rockets are banned from China, and they didn't want to be that version uh in the video game space 
but it was it was super it was like the most cowardly thing they could immediately do it was it was really fucked up i mean at least with the nba there was a direct response from china which was wild right specifically to adam silver like we don't believe right a speech uh like criticizing our sovereignty is free speech right anything that threatens national sovereignty is not free speech <laughs> You know, basically calling these people domestic terrorists because, you know, the protests in Hong Kong, they look at as a separatist movement, even though I, I think everything I've read uh, from people both on the ground and, and, and in China, you see these threads. It's like we don't want to leave. We want to fix what we've got. So, so, so China's labeling these people terrorists. It's a separatist movement and, and they're trying to undo what we've been working towards for you know, however many years, which is, which is, of course, bullshit. But it's interesting from like a, a political perspective. Like I think China thought they kind of had people by the balls for a second, but the more people talk about this, the worse it looks for China. And that's something that they are very cognizant of. I feel like China's going to try to button this up as quick as they can, despite like what Blizzard did basically saying, Oh, we don't want to piss China off because you know, if, if China would just say, all right, anything Blizzard related is just straight up banned. Like you're not, you're not going to be able to stream this on this platform anymore. You're not going to be able to buy these games. It's just they can straight up blacklist a company like that. And that's the end of it. That's it. What do you do? And so I, I don't know. Again, you said like 5% or something. Tencent has a 5% stake in the company. Um, and I, I don't know what their numbers look like. Like how much of that money is coming from from Chinese players and subscribers. I don't know. But it's obviously important enough to them. Read me their, this fucking, their initial statement. And then I want to touch on their follow-up statement they released either yesterday or early today. I think it was a couple hours ago, actually. But we were at the beach together and they released a statement and everyone was reading it and it was just like, this is fucking ridiculous. Like, this made the NBA's response look fucking flawless in comparison. Yeah, dude. It was pretty ridiculous. I wish I wish I would have just like summarized this. I could read you the whole thing if you want me to. It's up to you. I don't think we need to read the whole thing. If you can, I mean, just some of the highlights, if that's possible for you to, to extract. Uh, and then I've got their their most recent statement from Blizzard pulled up here. Okay, how about this? I'll just read you this uh, three-parter right here. We interview competitors who are at the top of their craft to share how they feel. We want to experience that moment with them. Hearing their excitement is a powerful way to bring us together. Over the weekend, Blitzstrong used his segment to make a statement about the situation in Hong Kong. In violation of rules, he acknowledged and, and understood, and this is why we took action. Every voice matters, and we strongly encourage everyone in our community to share their viewpoints in the many places available to express themselves. However, the official broadcast needs to be about the tournament and to be a place where all are welcome. In support of that, we want to keep the official channels focused on the game. This is obviously bullshit for uh, a, a few reasons, but it, you think if that motherfucker got up there, if some fucking white American motherfucker got up there and was like, hey, vote uh, vote for Hillary, you know what I mean? Well, not to mention that literally happened like four days after this whole fiasco. There was a college tournament where I think it was like ASU or um, it was something AU, but there was a, an American team that during their match or after their match, they held up signs that said free Hong Kong. And then obviously that got like cut off and like switched over to something else. But then they weren't penalized at all. They weren't fined. They weren't uh, like suspended at all. And they won their match, but they just forfeited because they're like, since we didn't get uh, suspended, I think we're calling bullshit on the, all this. Good for them, so, man. Good for them. Dude, seriously, props. There was This is a very, very transparent statement from uh, from Blizzard. Um, today, here's what they had to say today. 
uh, Blizzard Entertainment says that China had no influence in his decision to ban Hong Kong video game player. Of course, they they backed off. Supposedly, he's getting the prize money. His ban has been uh, reduced to only I think six months from the year it was. Yeah, at. this whole this whole statement came with like the hidden caveat that yes, they were going to actually pay out this uh, Blitzchung player and also allow him to continue with this Grandmasters Championship, but that he would still be keeping a six month ban. Right after that. Well, they said that, you know, their relationships in China had no influence on the decision and that, you know, if this had been in the opposing viewpoint delivered in the same device as a divisive and deliberate way, we would have felt enacted the same. I just think that's that's just bullshit. And it's so obvious that it's bullshit, especially coming on the heels of everything that happened the week or two, uh, the week prior, really. And and this has been the hot topic. And this isn't going away. A couple times a year, something happens like this. This firestorm get, you know, gets kicked up and, and everyone's mad about something. And, and I, I agree to a point that people want to be mad about something. But this is like a serious like human rights violation, right? The th- th- things happening in China. People are just finally waking up to. And that's, that's becoming a really big deal. And, and when people say, you didn't give a shit about China last week, that's because we didn't know about China last week. You know, we didn't know they had 1.2 million human beings in internment camps being beaten and murdered. And what do we do about it? What do we do? And you shouldn't, you probably shouldn't gatekeep a political wokeness slash activism, 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 let's let's gatekeep activism because fuck them. Yeah. But (laughs) I agree. Like, it's just tough being like, especially since there are so many companies that deal with China and have had sort of problematic ways that they've dealt with them. And it's sort of, the more you hear about it, the more you think, well, what kind of influence can I even have over these companies? Does my opinion matter to them? Will Apple listen to me if I say, hey, it's kind of fucked up that you don't have the Taiwanese flag in your emojis just because you don't want to piss off China who doesn't think that Taiwan's a real country. They think it's China part two. Right. Whatever the fuck, you know? Chinese Taiwan or whatever they call it. Like, they have like coded ways to say the names of these countries and cities in those countries just because China's like, no, that's not the way we see it. Right. Tiananmen Square didn't happen to them. That was just a, that day had never happened. Bro, I I had a very cursory overview of what happened, you know, at Tiananmen Square. Uh, You know, in high school, we kind of learned about some of this. Reading about it in the last couple weeks, like about what really happened and how many people actually died and the brutal things that happened. And the fact that, the majority of people in China genuinely don't believe it happened because they've been brainwashed by their government. It's it's terrifying. And it makes you really put things into perspective here as, as many things we have yet to get right and that we fuck up. It, it puts things in perspective. It's tough because I'm like, okay, Apple. Apple, everything's manufactured in China, right? Or, or the NBA, which I love dearly. All these players have fucking shoes in China. and 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 again, I think there's a difference between like, real people with a genuine love for this thing that I also love and their fucking shitty government. Like Donald Trump doesn't represent me like fuck that guy. You know what I mean? But right. the, the, the world sees him and now associates that with me and that's bullshit. So I, I, I understand that these people in China are suffering uh, as much as, as much as anybody. Um, and so it's tough. And you also, you know, with the NBA and, and even with blizzard to a degree, uh, more so at the NBA, but they have thousands and thousands of employees who, who, if the NBA were to pull out of China to send a message and say, fuck China, or if China blackballed the NBA, that's going to have a serious uh, economic you know, consequence and not just on these billionaire owners, but it's going to have, a, it's going to severely impact both the fans 
and 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 the people who work for the NBA. The sad reality to that, though, for me, the way I kind of look at it is that was kind of what they signed up for by taking Chinese money to begin with, because these human rights problems and like the way they treat their own people, this isn't a new thing. It's just a new thing that China has been willing to deal with like Western capitalist society. And they've kind of like flexed their influences because they have so many people and they have so much control over our, like the way we make our products. Like so much of our stuff is made in China that they can like, there's a trade war going on with China, not be just because our president is an idiot, but because it's like a reality that we need to flex on China back sometimes. I agree. It's it's the NBA and Apple and Google. And if these companies sized up based purely on Chinese money, then they should have had the eventuality that something would happen that that, that money could get pulled away. And it's not the fault of like, yes, it is the fault of China, but it's also the fault of these companies that decided to turn a blind eye just to try and make a buck. I agree. But, you know, Google, this this billionaire, multi-billionaire company who have a couple of guys running things. They're hardly in China. Well, they've done a lot to appease China. Because they want to be in China, but like it's Apple is more in China. Um, well, Apple, like, obviously, just, everything is produced in China for fucking Apple. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's China. Isn't it also like uh, Singapore and stuff like that? I don't know. I'm I'm not like plugged in. Like, I don't know what the manufacturing routes of these sure. giant corporations are and shit but the point stands like you're totally right that so so much of our stuff is made in china and i've seen some some companies trying to like not rely so heavily on that because if you you put all that your eggs in that one basket then they can just dangle that basket above their head and say you know give us what we want and that's like not a very advantageous position to be in for a Western company or even a company based in like Japan, like Sony and Nintendo, both of their manufacturing is all done in China. I think Nintendo just opened up like, or started doing some manufacturing in India. I think that's just because, you know, like if there's going to be tariffs in China, if the Chinese government is going to get more and more fascist, then like maybe we shouldn't fucking do as much business over there. Yeah. I think it's totally smart. Like that's a, that's a very smart way to do business. Yeah. And, and it's tough because literally everything about our lives if if you really reduce it down to the its its essence, it fucking revolves around China, manufacturing and 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 even. But when I look at the NBA as a product, the NBA is what it is today because of China and because of those fans and because of that money, man, like half a billion dollars or something. You know, I was reading like the salary cap could drop by twenty percent if if we get blackballed by China. That's a serious. It's not just an economic thing, right? It's not just a oh, the owners are going to lose some money. It is a, a, there are a bunch of Chinese fans who are losing out on this. The the cost of, of entertainment goes up for Western fans. Again, I think all of this, and my I think my Twitter has reflected this in the, in the last couple of weeks. I have, I have been on a strict no, I have not watched any NBA preseason. I have not given them any of my money. I am like anti-NBA right now until we see how this plays out, what the response is, how how do they move forward? And I don't think it's going away. Yeah, well, it certainly hasn't been going very well, especially with like, there was the reporter that asked about the way some people felt about Hong Kong, just like, like a few days ago. I think that was in Japan, but she got escorted out of the room and the players didn't say anything. There was the uh, people in Philadelphia that had signs that said free Hong Kong and they were kicked out of the building. Like clearly the NBA is saying, yeah, we support our our players and our GMs and our coaches and they can say whatever they want to say, 
but they want it both ways and it's not going to play out like they got to choose. They really do. And that's why I think they should have. Um, I, I think I think we have more leverage uh, in, in China than they, they probably think um, if they would have just big dicked him and said the things you're doing is not OK. And if you want to play this game, we're going to play back and it's going to hurt you more. It's going to hurt us. But it's just that's unfortunately just not the case. And it's tough as a consumer because so much, again, of what we do and how we do it relies on China. And now that we're sort of like as a concept, I know that China sucks, right? But you start hearing exactly how and why they suck and you start sort of informing yourself. And I'm like, I don't know how to how do I affect change? What do I do from where I sit? I don't know. I feel like like my boycott doesn't mean anything. I, I do think public outrage matters because if people hadn't been in an uproar about the NBA's response and about Blizzard's response, you know, we have Blizzard employees walking out, right, on on their company here in the West. And mm-hmm. it's like, I do think the outrage matters. But outside of that and outside of like, all right, if the if the NBA can't satisfy with a response and and some some serious changes, and I know there's a lot of virtue signaling when you get on fucking the internet and shit, but it's like it's it's been like a serious thing in my mind because I have not been confronted with this sort of thing before something that so clearly challenged my worldviews, but also impacted something that is a a very regular part of my life. And we are a couple of the most like casual, just trying to have a good time, just trying to chill out, have a podcast, drink some brewskis, play a video game or two kind of folks you can possibly imagine. Right. So the fact that it's reaching even us, I think kind of speaks to the severity that, this whole situation has reached and not to mention, I mean, Blizzard has their yearly convention in like two weeks. It's like the very first week of November BlizzCon. Uh Oh, and after last year's whole fiasco about uh, Diablo immortal being announced and the, the (laughs) what you guys don't have cell phones. And is this an out of season April fool's joke? Like I swear to God, I would not be surprised if there was like a riot at BlizzCon over this whole, Hong Kong situation like there's going to be chanting and how Blizzard deals with that is very important not only to their public image but to the safety of the developers there and to the attendees there because that shit can get out of hand really fast when you got a bunch of sweaty angry white nerds in a fucking room (laughs) you know I'm trying to think of a good analogy and I don't think I have one but the most recent thing I can think of where my worldviews were sort of challenged and and there was like sort of a a very public and, and I would say almost global outrage about something it was like, uh, was it 2015, 2016, the Supreme court's decision on, on same sex marriage. And you saw these companies come out who were, who were clearly opposed to it and things that were always right below the surface, but were finally just blasted out into the open again, very, very different, but similar in the way that like, Oh, I don't want to support these people who support this thing that I, do not believe in. And I don't, I don't feel right about that. Right. But this is even more so. And I, and what gives me sort of some, I don't say it gives me hope. I don't know. We just sort of, sort of, I think it says the right thing is that you do, you have a large majority, the vocal majority of people who also believe these things and think what's happening is wrong. And the, this is the group of people that, that are so usually like lambasted for loving the things they do and being the way they are. And these people are saying we're willing to give up the things we love because this isn't right. And and that's coming from, again, a group of people who the last group of people you would expect. So that's, that's kind of cool in a way that like you've got these people saying 
we're not going to play your game and we're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to work for you. And we're not going to do X, Y, and Z. And, and well, it turns into like a, it turns into a public movement where, like you said, there is like virtue signaling, but if you, if I think that public pressure and like public scrutiny can lead to better behavior. Oh, totally. So if you can be like just a, a single voice being like, Oh, yo, did you hear about China? And someone's like, I don't know what's going on. I just like to play Hearthstone. And you can let them know about that. Then that might sort of open their eyes and, make them double like think twice about whether or not they want to support this company that has all this crazy bullshit like surrounding it at the moment. And like you can enact change just by saying, Hey, like maybe think about this and maybe not necessarily like shaming other people for like not caring, but like just sort of, I don't know, spread some awareness. Yeah. That can be beneficial. The thing I hate the most when stuff like this happens is the response from people who say, Oh yeah, well, well, uh, if we just were to boycott everything, what about Yeah, it's like, yeah, maybe so and so is shitty. I didn't know that. Like, maybe I do need to reevaluate. You know, that I buy this product from this person or that I use this product. Um, and you see this a lot with like fucking vegans who are who are always the most preachy fucking dicks. Speaking of platitudes, and and, and it's like, at least with that argument, it's like. I maybe don't agree, but I really, I can like at least objectively understand the person who says, I don't give a fuck about animals. Like historically they've been here as a resource for us. So I don't give a fuck. Like I'm like, okay, maybe I don't agree, but like, I think you have a a, a basis to argue from, right? You've got, you know, where it's like, I don't know who can sit here and be like, yep, China should definitely be imprisoning millions of people and killing them because they're fucking of what they believe. Like, I don't think anyone can argue that that's a good thing. So it's, so it's tough when someone comes out and says, Oh, well, well, fuck it. You got an iPhone in your hand. Don't you dickhead? Like, yep. Like, let's start that conversation. The, the nicest, also initial nice thing about this whole scenario is that it's very bipartisan. Like, it doesn't really matter where you sit, like politically, if you're in the West, you kind of, it's, it's a hard thing to be like, yeah, I support China against Hong Kong. Like, no, nobody really thinks that unless you're some like weird fucking Sandy Hook conspiracy theorist who thinks that Hong Kong is a CIA psyop, which I'm sure you could find a YouTube channel dedicated to that. But like, fuck off, whatever. Shouts to our boy, Trevor. <laughs> oh, God, it's been interesting to see. It's been downright funny and ridiculous. The same conservative politicians who absolutely just try to eviscerate NBA players and and other liberal sort of progressive voices, you know, stick to basketball, shut up and dribble, you know, when they're talking about same-sex marriage and police brutality, police brutality, whatever the things have been, but now they're like, "Oh, the NBA, how dare they not take a hard stance against China? How dare they say nothing? James Harden kept his mouth shut on the topic. How dare he?" And it's like, "All right, that's fucking stupid. You guys are retarded." Yeah. I have I haven't seen anything like that. The only thing I I saw was a a uh, a cutting political comic where it had you know like LeBron and James Harden and uh, somebody else on probably Steph Curry all kneeling on one side and then it had America's flag in the background and then they're all standing and had their heart hand on their heart with the Chinese flag in the background like they only feel confident uh, yeah. enough to to talk shit about the the only the only country that they play in. Yeah, but and- I mean to be fair. America is the country where we actually have free speech as our first fucking amendment, you know, constitutional right. At the end of the day, I understand. And again, we were, I've talked so much about the NBA, but as it pertains to China, I understand a player not wanting to speak about something that they don't understand about. If 
we didn't know a week ago or two weeks ago what was happening in China, you bet that these fucking uber rich, completely disconnected people, if it's not the mainstream, they don't know about it. And now that it's becoming the mainstream, these guys will educate themselves and you'll start to see more and more people talk about it. But a day after it happens, fucking James Harden didn't know what the fuck is happening in China. Yeah, he's not running for president under the libertarian ticket, you know? Yeah, fuck. I mean, so so for these guys to be like, I don't have anything to say about this, yo. Or even if, if you say the NBA's first statement was fucking piss and shit because, hey, guess what? All of our people and all of ESPN's people are literally in China right now. And if we say the wrong thing, you about to get them all thrown in prison. Yeah, they're going to get fucking uh, black bagged. I mean, that's terrifying. And I, it's not something I had, I had considered when this all first broke. Like, oh my God, Adam Silver's addressing this from the heart of China right now. You know, like that's that's a really scary thing. And so, again, see how this evolves. Um, as far as Blizzard goes, they're trying to backpedal like a motherfucker, and it is backfiring. They're trying to they're trying to backpedal, but still not upset China. Especially if you look yeah. at their posts on Chinese social media, where it's like littered with phrases like "We must protect the dignity of our country." And shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, what, 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 what now? Excuse me. What yep. you have to, you have to protect the dignity of China. That's your responsibility. A Western company who operates in China. I don't think so. Yeah. Maybe you think so, but maybe you don't, uh, really care about Western dollars or the way we think about you. Well, where you live. I think what they're counting on is in China, you say the wrong thing. The government is going to take very swift and decisive action. In the West, you say the wrong thing. They will forget about it, and a week later, it'll be like it never happened. And that's what these companies are counting on. I mean, it was literally... Well, it's, yeah, it's true. Was it fucking five weeks ago? Jeffrey Epstein was fucking murdered in his jail cell, about to fucking go rat on a bunch of rich and powerful people about, you know, God knows what. His cool pedophile island. Yeah. Think, how big was that fucking story? How enraged was the internet after that? Who's talking about Jeffrey Epstein now? Well, I mean, yeah, you could you could say that about literally any news story that's happened in the past like five years, like the Panama yeah. Papers and all that kind of shit. The twenty four hour news cycle has been hell on uh, everything. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We have got such a short attention span. We're so used to. We've been trained to be like, okay, that was fucked up. But what's the next thing? You know, what what dumb thing will Donald Trump say? Is Elizabeth Warren a Native American this week? What's going on? You know, like right. It's just if it's not one thing, it's another thing. So. But I think this this one for Blizzard, it's going to stick a little bit longer, especially with uh, BlizzCon coming up. Yeah. And because they have not done a modicum of a good job with the PR handling this. Like, at least Adam Silver said something slightly better, you know, once he was back, <laughs> back on the safety sovereign shores of the great US of A. Right. But you know what's <laughs> fucked up is, like, everyone loves throwing the term Nazi around and everyone loves to call someone they don't like a fascist. And I think there's some merit, some of, some of those instances in certain behaviors that get called out, but it does get sensationalized. I think in this instance, you are seeing, and maybe I'm totally um, ignorant of, of other instances, but as far as I have ever known, I think this is the first time you can actually look at a situation and say, this is, this is fucking 1942. Yeah, I've seen I've seen parallels made toward. I mean, yeah, it's a bit extreme, but you see the image of the the German guys on the Olympic podium doing the Nazi salute, and then like that was allowed. But then there were uh, the uh, black athletes that were doing the Black Panther salute, and then they were basically like 
erased from Olympic history for a long time. Like they yep. weren't recognized officially until like three or four years ago. Yep. It's <laughs> wild. Like, yeah. This this stuff happens constantly and forever. Yeah. And and again, I'm sure I'm ignorant when when I say this. And I would I'd love to educate myself. You know, there've been a lot of companies and a lot of fucked up things. Uh, uh, companies, countries rather. The U.S. has done a lot of fucked up shit. You, I mean, look what just happened with, you know, the fucking Kurds and 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 now all these ISIS prisoners are getting set free because we turned on on our allies. This happened in Afghanistan twenty fucking five years ago or whatever, and and that's how Al Qaeda was created because we fucking abandoned our fucking allies. So anyway, we do a lot of fucked up shit, but I can't think of an instance where it was like, oh yeah, quite literally the one thing that completely shaped modern history, you know, World War Two. These these massive genocides in in you know Germany and and fucking Russia and we're literally seeing this happen and it's just a footnote on, in the newspaper for better or worse uh, it's kind of fun to think about the the kind of shit that the U S has been involved in it's hardly ever on like our own soil it's it has to do with our interactions and our interventions with foreign bodies. And whether or not you think that's the right way to go about things is completely up to you. But yeah, we have our own share of little fiascos on our home soil, but it's much smaller in comparison to what's going on in Hong Kong. Like, yeah, we've got some cities that have some lead in the drinking water and that's really fucked up. But like, I don't think we're imprisoning, uh, you know, a million Muslims, but just because we're trying to maintain the purity of our nation, like who's the real fascist? Not to say perspective should diminish, again, the things that do happen at home. Of course, of course. But not. it's just it's just crazy. And it's this is not something that in my 27 years I've had to confront. So it's been uh, interesting. We're growing up, EJ. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Opening our eyes to the the abhorrence of the worldwide political theater. And I, <laughs> I imagine there are people who, who are quote unquote woke who are sitting here being like, yeah, well, where were you in 2004 with the fucking, you know. Well, first of all, I was 12. Yeah, it was like, uh, but, but I had to make a poster Tuesday news, bitch. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't know. You're right. I didn't know until it affected me, but I don't think that's something that you should shame someone for. I think you should see how they respond when it affects them. Yeah. And let's just reiterate props to Blitz Chung for make, making that a platform and like really putting Blizzard on the spot. And making them say something, and because they said something so shitty, that opened a lot of people's eyes to the realities that's going on over there. So, like, dude, congrats. Let's hope he doesn't get vanned out. You know, that's well. That's the scary thing. Is anyone with any modicum of of power or influence um, speaking out? Like, you, that's a serious concern. And this is just like some like Hearthstone guy who's just doing some cool esports event, like for ten grand, which is like. That's good money, but that's nothing in, grand, in the grand scheme of sure. things. But like he could easily have his livelihood, like his livelihood was threatened, but his life could also be threatened. Right. That's a terrifying prospect. You know, it, it almost feels sort of dickish to be like, well, how does it affect my hobby or my my entertainment? I mean, it's, it's valid in a sense that like things are changing from how they were last week. But but really, in the grand scheme of things, it's like, what do I do? What what can I say? You know, these people are fighting for their lives, and we're, uh, you know, I'm getting drunk and talking podcasts right now with my bud. You know, yeah, it's a hard thing. It's a really hard thing to sort of compartmentalize in your mind. I don't think there's I don't think there's like a right way to do it. There's not like a one size fits all approach. 
and that doesn't make it any easier but like i don't know hard out here for for a man to buy a video game <laughs> and just chuckle about it what i struggle with is like like i don't necessarily because i am so detached i i don't necessarily have like empathy for any of these things i'm re- i'm just like this is seem i seem so this is like i'm reading a story right this is fake yeah but you know it's yeah. not fake so like morally and like on principle I am against these things because this is what I believe. But like when it comes to like the empathy, it's so easy to just scroll through to the next story because it's it's so you're so detached from it. And that's what I'm trying to. It was weird because I got I was like legitimately heated after the NBA's response last week. Like you saw my Twitter. I was on a fucking tear. Yeah. I mean, well, that was like a real thing to you. That was something that actually hit close to home to you. And I think it's not. The right answer isn't to be like, okay, I need to be more aware and I need to be more upset because after a while, you're not actually being upset anymore. It's like a performative kind of thing. And that's not the right answer either. Like if something affects you, be affected by it. If something doesn't really affect you, be mindful of it, but you don't have to like be, you know, called to action necessarily. Like you got to, you got to do what feels right. You got to, you got to be real with what you're feeling. And that's been tough, obviously. And like just in the past like six years since like the internet really got super ingrained in everything i think that's like pretty much been the era of that and just meme culture and that being like that's like a real thing now which is super weird but it makes it so impossible like you said like you hear you see you see everything and when you see everything then you can't see anything whoa super woke right but like you can't see the forest for the trees it's a, it's that's a real thing you, it's a information overload and it doesn't make it any easier that neither of us are in the like blizzard ecosystem i can't think of the last time i played a blizzard game is probably like world of warcraft like six years ago like i don't really have a monetary say in this but i can say hey that's like pretty messed up and like this is like a real thing like this is like a big deal so i'm gonna that's the way i feel about it so that's the way i'm gonna act about it but if someone else is like, this doesn't really mean anything, then that's totally fine too. Like, I'm not going to be judges on this. Yeah, I, it's and that's where it's tough because like I said, uh, I, again, I don't have like like a million people being taken essentially hostage in China. I can look at it and say that is very bad and I, I am very against that. A million people being taken uh, uh, hostage, you know, including my parents in Gresham, Oregon, that is... Is magnitude difference, <laughs> but but it's but it's the same thing in the sense that like morally, I am not any more against either one of those. It's just one affects me more, so it's tough to be like. Even though it's hard to have empathy for like, not not even have that's not the right way. To, it makes me it sound soulless. Like I objectively, I'm like fuck, this is shit. But like, I don't have a visceral like emotional response in the sense that like, oh yeah, it's distance. It's people you've never met in a place you've never been, like you can't really have that level of empathy for something that you have never experienced, which is why I I understand why people like a lot of people emphasize the importance of travel. Like obviously we can't because you know, we're broke ass millennials, but like it would be cool to travel. And I think that would increase my empathy and I would care more about like the world if I could see the world. But since I can't, then I'm just sort of siloed off and like, no wonder there's like such a lack of empathy in poor places because like that's all they know. And it's hard to be like, yo, this is like hard enough for me to live right here. I can't be like too worried about everywhere else at the same time. You only have so much like ability to be empathetic. So you can't be like 
don't don't try and like diminish your ability to feel empathy just because you have a limit to it, you know. And that's where I think your your principles and your morals come into play. Like I can I can take a stand on principle without needing to like be emotionally invested in the sense that like yeah, this doesn't impact me the way it's impacting these other people, but on principle I am against it and 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 you got to do what you can do, I guess, which is right. If if at the end of the day I have to not watch the NBA until this gets sorted out, like so be it, right? Like that's almost like the least you small, can do. Small price to pay for you to feel like you're doing something and to maybe actually affect change. Like it's not even about feeling like, oh, I feel better because I I did. Well, the you thing. know, you know what I mean. Sure. Like it's it is it is peace of mind. It is like I don't want to support this company and I'm not going to try and like do the double speak they're trying to do just so I can have it both ways. Like. You decide what 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 you what you can do and what you will do. At the end of the day, this 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 sort of thing could easily happen right here. And we we have a good because we're cis white males in a, in a, a relatively, you know, speaking, we're in the sort of upper echelon economically, even though we are, you and I are currently broke as fuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, relatively speaking, we are very well off and we had very good upbringings. Yeah, we're spending a Monday night talking to each other through the internet to right. record a podcast to right. upload to our six friends. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so it's um, it's tough, but it's you, you do what you can do and um, and because it, cause it can, it could happen here. Let's hope it doesn't because I am a wuss, all right? Yeah. I will break down. Yeah. I will not be happy. Some scary stuff. So that's China. That was a very, very broad overview from two people who don't know what the fuck they're talking about. With so you're telling me it's a podcast? Yeah, that's, right. that's right. Couple couple quick things. You know, uh, you, you haven't watched El Camino yet, have you? Nope. Don't really feel like I, I will. Fair enough. It was very good, but it was not a movie. If someone's going expecting this like rambunctious Breaking Bad sequel, you are not going to get it. You are going to get the epilogue that you didn't necessarily know you wanted, but you're glad to have. It is very much the last episode of Breaking Bad, right? Um, That's and fair. I, and I'm totally fine with it's it. DLC to, to Breaking Bad. <laughs> I'm very glad we got it. It was it was it was very good, but it was just that it was it was almost the way that the penultimate episode of uh, Breaking Bad was sort of the episode, uh, and then the finale had like one moment, but it was mostly just cleanup. This feels similar and just like the okay this is the the sort of pressure being released right um and things winding down and it had its moments it was it was intense it was definitely it's more of a thriller you know not thriller's not the right word but it it was more suspenseful um than it was like whoa action but it made me feel the things breaking bad made me feel which was awful <laughs> so great but in a good way um <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, Chris, Chris, uh, shout out to Chris who listened to the podcast after 70 episodes. Congrats. Round of applause for our boy, Chris. Let's go. Uh, glad we mean so much to you, you cheap bastard. It's free to download. You fucking guy. <laughs> I know you have time. I know you have time. What else are you doing? Uh, so, uh, yeah, he, he wants to talk about it, but this is not a Breaking Bad podcast. It's the video game podcast. So uh, that's where we're at on that. Uh, PS5 was very formally announced by Sony. I guess. <laughs> Ish. Very I mean, innocuously. Yeah, it was just sort of like, hey, here's another Wired article and also our blog post. And 
just a bunch of words. It's just words. No video, no pictures, no razzmatazz, no marketing beat. Like this is just like information dump. Well, you know what? I think very, they did it. Very light information dump. Did, did they do it because, it, and we've seen this before, there was like a leak and some article was going to blow it open and so they just said, well, we might as well get ahead of it ourselves. Probably. I feel like it's safe to speculate that. Also, I think Sony's just had like a really weird year this year when it comes to marketing in general. Like not being at E3, doing these weird like Nintendo Direct pastiches that just don't hit the same way with like kind of boring games that not a lot of people are excited about. Like their last day to play was only interesting because they had like a three minute trailer for Last of Us Part Two. And I think my personal belief is that they have they're in a state of hype debt right now where the last like four E3s have been the same E3 over and over and over because they announced something four years too soon and everyone was super excited about the thing that they're going to wait four years for but you can't announce you can't keep that up like you're just going to keep going further and further into the future and that's like you can't keep that up so I think they skipped this year because they want to have some kind of pop next year. I don't think it's going to be as big as like whatever it was E3 2015 where they had like Spider-Man and God of War and Horizon and all this shit just like blowing the fucking doors off. Like Final Fantasy 7 was at that E3. It's coming out next year. Like come on. Like right. they, they had nothing. <laughs> yeah. And the announcement was basically like hey PS5's coming. It's going to be powerful. You're getting a new controller. Haptic feedback. Whatever. Okay. HD Rumble dude. Yeah. It's the future. Okay. I mean HG Rumble has been a complete non-starter on the Switch. Yeah, I think in retrospect, my feelings on HG Rumble is it's nice that there is Rumble in a handheld, and that's probably as small as they could make a rumbling thing fit into those uh, controllers. Sure, that's fine. Sony, anyway, I hope that's not what they try to sell their NES console on. It's like, hey, here's a console. It's bigger, it's faster, it's stronger, it's affordable, and it's backwards compatible with all your favorite games. I mean... The PS4 technology was, you know, manufactured in 2012. It's some old tech we're running on, bro. So they could put out a, a much, much more powerful console and, and keep it within the realm of, of feasibility when it comes to price. And honestly, the PS4 Pro was, like, not very much stronger. No, it, they unlocked the CPU, right? That's all they did? No, I think that uh, that uh, improved uh, GPU. I think with their CPU, they just added more cores or something. It was something weird. Like, yeah, you're right. It was, like, a weird sort of upgrade i think just because they had it wasn't was the jaguar cpu that they're still using like they had this weird sort of old kind of cpu tech that was their clearly their bottleneck and they kind of did a sideways upgrade to try and make that a little bit more relevant but you can only do so much if you're not manufacturing that hardware anymore so they kind of just did what they could just to eke out a little bit more power which i don't know how much how much success that actually was for them they could introduce a new SKU for another $400 price, and I'm sure that was helpful. I wonder how much the next-gen consoles are going to cost, though, both Scarlet and PS5. I'm sure it, 500 at the max. I mean, it can't be more than that. It can't be. Can they reasonably sell that for $500, like what they're promising? With seven years in, in tech advancements and, and the cost of goods going down? Absolutely. I guess, I guess technically AMD hasn't really announced their... Next GPU line, we don't know what their uh, hardware accelerated ray tracing setup is looking like at this point, but just like knowing how much 
more RAM is like likely going to be in this thing. The CPU upgrade is likely going to be in this thing. The SSD that's gonna it's got to have to have more than a terabyte SSD in there. And SSDs are still pretty expensive, especially with the M.2 technology that they're likely working with. They'll they'll probably put a two and a half inch. I mean, you can get a fucking terabyte SSD for pennies on the dollar now. So the the technology is cheap enough that you know the price to performance. You're going to see a significant leap seven years later, right? Uh, seven plus years later, when you're talking about the tech itself, you're going to see a significant leap. But the main thing for for Sony is yes, you need to offer, you, you need the razzle dazzle of a new console. That's what you just do after this long. But don't try to reinvent the wheel. Make it stronger, faster. Make it affordable. Make it backwards compatible, and just keep making good games. And you are going to just keep cruising to a fucking easy win. Right. Did you check out that article I linked to you about the uh, PS5 backwards compatibility? And how that's still a, a work in progress or whatever? Yeah. I wonder how much of that is, hey, our partners want us to be able to resell their old games again. And how much of that is, hey, our old architecture for online was so ass backwards and shitty that even changing your PSN name will break your saves in some games. So maybe we can't necessarily get this to work backwards compatibly. I just wonder what what percentage of which is uh, the case there because I could easily see Sony being like, hey, we're greedy sons of bitches and uh, we want you to buy Uncharted for the, f- the third time. We want you to play Last of Us 2 for the third time. Right. And I'm curious, and I don't, obviously we have no information here, but is there a case to be made to say... It's going to be more beneficial to you as a company to, you know, have in your first year 25 million PS4 sold than it is to not make it backwards compatible and only sell 7 million units. Like what's more beneficial to the company reselling a few copies of your old game or having more units in the wild to sell your new games. And maybe the the numbers wouldn't be that drastic. Maybe it's a, a marginal difference. But at some point you have to consider that and be like, I would rather do what I can to get the PS5 into people's homes now and bank on our new games than than to hopefully shave a few shekels, you know, by, by, by selling a 10 year old fucking game at that point, 10, 12 plus year old game. Yeah. It's just interesting to see the two different similar, but slightly different strategies that uh, Microsoft and Sony are implementing to try and keep users and then also expand their user base into the next generation where Microsoft has game pass and they want as many people on game pass so that you're like, okay, it makes sense for me to get the next hardware because I can keep playing the, the new hot games for the low, low price of $10 a month or whatever. And then Sony says, hey, you've been on the PS4 for the past three years and you have a growing digital library, whether through PS Plus or through just like shitty indie games for $5 on their store. And hey, you can play all of them on our next console. So why don't you hop back on? And we didn't really see that with the PS3 and uh, Xbox 360 because their digital offerings were pittances compared to the Xbox One and PS4. So it's just kind of interesting to see how this will bear fruit for them we've sort of seen the expectation now with phones that if you buy the new version of the phone your apps just all work and we didn't really have that with the last generation there wasn't a built-in expectancy that the games you had bought before will just keep working and a lot of people were a little bit like not really a lot of people some people were pretty upset about that i think generally it wasn't like a huge deal that your ps3 games didn't work on your ps4 but i do not think that's repeatable because 2013 was a much different time than it is right now and and as things get worse economically, we're spending sixty dollars plus on a game, and and you're telling me this is useless now. Like, uh, and and God forbid Sony take the Microsoft. Well, the Xbox 360 is for you then. 
Like, no, you do not want to try and segregate your your consumer base. That will not work for you. You want, you know, an equal and, you know, you, you want a, a sort of a, a level economy, right, for your your market. You don't you don't want to be the guy who's telling the poor kid who can only get buy one game a year that he's not worth he, he's not worth anything to you because he's the poor kid. Like that's that has not worked for companies in the past. So, well, games aren't $60 anymore. So, there's a large variety of things that you can buy on your on your PlayStations and your Xboxes, your PCs, your phones. We've seen that in mobile where free to play is the largest way that uh game companies will make money on that platform. Just because you only need a few suckers to spend way too much money on your crap game. And then many other people will just play for free. Like a large, I don't know the percentage, but it's an obscene percentage. Like 90% of people who play games on their phone do not spend any money on it. Like you're, you're, and that is like maybe not necessarily beneficial to the mobile platform in general, but the mobile platform is also one that is like a billion people strong. And if you're buying a PS4, then you're buying it with the expectation that you're going to be spending money on actual games. So, but a lot of people buy, you know, just like Stardew Valley again. Like it's 15 bucks for a game you can play for hundreds of hours. Yeah, but no one's buying a PS5 to play Stardew Valley. The people who are going to be investing in a new ecosystem, especially early adopters, they're buying it to play real games at a real price. Right, but I, I wonder, like you're saying, the the the, the cheaper consumer... Like, I don't know how many of them are buying the PS5 in the first year. Like, how many people bought the PS4 in the past year when it's like $200 now? Like, it it, it pays to be cheap and to wait. And the PS5 launch is not necessarily for everybody. It's for the 10 million, like, hardcore consumers that want to buy the hot new thing. Or maybe even if it's not the hot new thing, but like, hey, I want to buy it so I can play Horizon Zero Dawn again. But this time in like actual 4K and at 60 FPS. You know, like, I wonder what that's going to look like as far as patching old games and making their first party lineups like really look good on the PS5 because it can't be that much harder than like making a new game, right? So they got to be putting some people on that. Yeah. I mean, you see that on the give Switch. Give me Bloodborne at 60 FPS, damn it. Oh Come my on. God. Give me Bloodborne at 30 FPS for Christ's sake. That too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> give me both. <laughs> you look at what the Switch has done and some of these developers, they're, they're hiring these third party companies for pennies on the dollar to to port their game and in a lot of cases really really fucking well like it's a texture pack it's just like shaving off some of the edges you know you're not you don't have to like remodel these things because the models are fine just like make sure it runs smooth i know? mean you're working backwards it's like you're in a way it's like you're 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 taking a puzzle apart i think it's like one of those those uh, art classes you take where they give you a finished uh, piece of ceramic and you paint the glaze on it, and then they fire it for you. And it's like, look at this thing that you painted, and it's all shiny and it's cool. <laughs> right. It's like that. Exactly. For developers. Exactly. <laughs> right. I make games. Right. <laughs> I know what that's like. Right. Uh, well, PS Five uh, Christmas twenty twenty. So we'll see yeah, what dude. we'll see what that entails. I'll I'll be buying it. I'll I'll have a new PlayStation in, under my Christmas tree next year. I will very very likely also be purchasing it just because I have like six games on PS Four, and maybe they'll be better on PS Five. Maybe, maybe. And honestly, all things considered, the PS5 will be cheaper and uh, stronger than my computer at that point. Um, that's probably close to true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it just depends on the game offering. If we have a bunch of ports or, or HD upgrades or Madden and Assassin's Creed, I don't give a fuck. Like, I, wanna, I, wa- I want something good. Well, the thing with this uh, particular leap generationally 
is I don't think there's going to be like when I was talking about the backwards compatibility thing, like that's, I don't know. It's me fear mongering a little bit. It's me being a little bit of a conspiracy theorist about whether or not, you know, EA wants you to buy Madden for PS4, Madden for PS5. But I think that it's likely that you just buy Madden and it works on both. And it doesn't matter which platform you buy it for. Like you're not going to buy the PS5 dedicated Madden because they're making it for both for this year. Maybe in like, maybe next year, maybe the year after that, you'll buy it in on PS5 exclusively. Yeah. But if it's just the same system but a little bit stronger, like how many how many differences are there between the PS4 and the PS5 that's not just power related? Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a system architect, but like it's all x86 still, right? I don't know. Freaking, I, I got a new computer like a few years ago. All the games I had in my old computer just work on this computer. I don't need to like buy the game again. Hey, I am getting a very important work call right now. So we're going to wrap up the Console Crusade podcast. Console Crusade. Sorry to do you like that, Nick. If you want to uh, uh, count them out of here, tell them, tell them uh, where to find us. Yeah, go ahead. You can reach us at consolecrusade.com. Email us. Feedback at consolecrusade.com. We check that email infrequently, but if you get it to us at our Twitter, console underscore crusade, or email us, then we'll, we'll talk about what you talk about on the show. You follow me at, on Twitter at Presh Till Death. My boy EJ over there is at EJiggle. He will block you, but that's okay. He saw you, and that's what counts. And you know what? Free Hong Kong. Free Hong Kong.